Welcome to Trust the Journey. I'm Jason Maletsky. And I'm Melanie Curtis. Our mission is to live, laugh, love, and learn together with you. <laughs> Laughing already this morning. <laughs> We're here to create conscious connections to grow and contribute through our practice of openness, honesty, vulnerability, humility, and trust. Trusting the entire journey. If you want to find us on the Winder internet, our website is trustthejourney.today. And it's the same address on all of our social media. You can find us on Instagram and you can find us on Facebook. And of course, our website is our main portal in our um, Patreon as well, www.patreon.com, trustthejourney.today. Yeah, right on, family. Thank you guys so much for being with us. Here we go. All right, team. So in this episode, we are doing a deep dive on leadership. And I throw up the bunny ears on leadership because we're going to be expanding on what we think that word means, how it shows up in our actions, and sharing ideas for you guys to take home and try in your own lives. So that's sort of the goal of today's episode. Awesome. Yeah. Leadership. It's such a buzzword. You know, that's why I really like to explore what does that mean to each of us? And I invite people to also consider what it means to them and to potentially open their mind to expanding uh, beyond what might be the classic meaning of that word. It's uh, when you put the topic on the table as a, a potential for one of the things for us to talk about, it was an immediate yes. Uh, it's for me, it's something that that's very, very relevant in my life as as a concept of something that I've wanted to learn to step into. I wanted to understand more about. And the the reason why I feel this is such a powerful thing to to learn about is there's such a huge impact on ourselves when we encounter a powerful leader, when when we, engage with somebody that can lead us that can give us this feeling of assuredness this feeling of inclusion this feeling of just having you know being just in in our action in being connected all these types of uh confidence you know these are all the words that bubble to the surface for me when i start thinking about the concept of leadership example Right. Yep. Yep. And um, and I feel like it, there's this wonderful and confusing irony in the world is that we seem to be vacant of strong leaders, and at the same time we have a presence. We have so many wonderfully strong leaders. You know, there's this polarity in in our world today where um. You have to look for them. You have to really pay attention to see where are the true, where, what is true leadership truly being represented as? Where is it in the world as its powerful strength and and such an honoring um, giving honoring of the word? You know, when people embody what leadership truly can be. And then there's the opposite examples. You know, leadership that's for the purpose of attaining power. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Oh my God, you've touched on a lot, a lot already, at least from my perspective. I tend to certainly distinguish between a 
more like catabolic, negatively charged, selfishly focused leader, quote unquote, someone maybe who leads by fear, stuff like that. So I do this assessment with clients and teams and stuff. It's an energy leadership assessment. And I'm only bringing that up because I would guess most of us have had the experience of experiencing a leader that is more leading by fear and scarcity. And then you've got the, on the other side of the house, the person or the leader that leads energetically with the win-win, with the opportunity, with the I'm here to support you. If you win, I win. We all, you know what I mean? Like nobody loses if one person on the team wins, that type of no judgment. We're here to support each other. We really do win when, you know, all of us come together. That type of leadership is definitely where I aim to always be. You know, that's, I'm very clear. I have a lot of clarity around wanting to be an energetic, positive, inclusive, not again, not without boundaries or standards, but le like leading from that positive, energetic and uplifting place. So I distinguish between the two because yeah, and this is also distinguishing that we're kind of starting off talking about leading other people and what our influence is on others. And so I just want to put it out there, too, that leadership can show up, at least in my belief around the word, is that it's also a question of how am I leading myself? What am I doing to motivate and inspire myself to step into certain roles and certain ways of being such that I am potentially influencing and leading others in the ways that I desire to do so? Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I, I also very much resonate with that idea that <coughs> excuse me the embodiment of leadership in ourselves is the starting point right like that's the point where we can say i'm going to take charge of who i am and i'm going to make the decisions that guide me that lead me to being the the me i want to be or be having the things that i want to have in my life the people that i have with the actions all the all the things in conjunction together creating the whole self or through our own action um, and awareness of, of needing to be the one in charge of our of our own lives you mean yeah of our own lives yeah yeah and, and it's such crazy right like how many times in our life do we want to just like slough the responsibility of our own life onto somebody else and like oh just tell me how to do it or just lead me or just you know uh, pass it on to our loved ones or our friends or family, you know, and our partners. Yes, right? yes. <laughs> it feels so much less scary when we can share the decision-making responsibility or the influence piece with someone else than if it kind of theoretically fails. And I say that with some bunny ears, you know, fails. I don't really believe in that. I don't really believe in failure at all. I really believe it's just opportunities to learn and grow. So anyway, I bring that up because it's true. It is true. When we make a decision wholly and fully for ourselves and we stand in our values and we stand in what we believe in and stand for, that takes courage. That takes serious courage. It's I bring that up because one of the things that inspires me about this day and age is how available and possible it is with the internet, with podcasts, with YouTube, with Facebook, with the 
fucking Twitters or whatever it is, you know, <laughs> you know, but like all of the ways that we as truly as individuals are supported by that and can rise into leadership if we so choose. And I mean that in terms of standing in our values, standing for a message, having the courage to be out there in a message, having the courage to create from the places that we care about, having the courage to post something that matters to us, that incites a conversation for others that might plant a seed. You know, like all of that stuff is wildly inspiring to me. And that's partly why I've been able to be in business for you know, the way that I have been in business as an entrepreneur and a creator and a coach for this many years is because of that piece. Like there's loads more that inspire me about why I'm in business and why I choose to lead the life and the, do the business that I do. But that's one of the things that make me go, hell yeah, so much is possible if I just say yes to it and continue to challenge myself into that growth. Yeah, absolutely. The, um, the, what do we call it? Um, reservoir, the, the archive, the library, the volumes of information that is available right now is greater than it's ever been at any time in existence of humanity, right? The amount of just record keeping of books of data of example that we have to look at as reference is it's almost overwhelming if we were to dive into it mm -hmm. but it's so easy to just at least you know have a look at what is out there and to to let be examples for us and to start skimming off the top of that pile if you you know, pieces that jump out to, to you or to me or to, you know, to each of us, to how do we, you know, how do we care to resonate with that role of, of leadership? What does leadership mean to you? Um, over the last few years, I've gone through quite a few books on the topic and, um, excuse me. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's been it's been very interesting to listen to i've been i do a lot of audiobooks so um it's been very interesting to listen to people who have been great leaders tell their story and have that the hear the similarities there's some incredible similarities some really really consistent things that resonate from leader to leader to leader about where their true value is found and the why, as we've talked about the why we do things, um, being very consistent amongst very many of these examples that I've encountered. And um, I'm very much enjoying right now the process of just kind of floating from one example to another and hearing their stories and learning to just not get attached and not idolize and not look at one particular leader and go, God, that, guy, that girl, that person was amazing. Uh, I'm going to be like them, yeah. you know, and, and getting, you know, a swing in the pendulum way hard and going, you know, becoming a, a fanboy of that particular person. Just going, okay, that's a great example. Let's, let's hear another example and let's hear another example and just trying to find the commonalities between all these examples. And right now I'm having a lot of fun with that. It's really inspiring and I'm, it's, it's helping me to change my life 
to be a much more positive version of myself than I ever have been before. That's very cool. I think that's such a great tactical example of how we can grow in leadership is to learn. <laughs> Shut to, that off. <laughs> it's okay. Is to learn. <clears throat> Excuse me. Goodness. <clears throat> got extra sounds going today. Hashtag real life. <laughs> um, yeah, is to learn from other people. I love that. I mean, that's it, it, if we're having questions or we don't necessarily know what our style of leadership might look like, that's a great way to start to piecemeal our, our style together is by learning from people and seeing what resonates, seeing what does not, seeing what inspires us and enlivens us, uh, us electrifies us, and really pay attention to those you know, experiences with other people's content and style. You know, we've talked about mentors in the past, and that's a version of what we're talking about, I think, is really going with intention, looking around and experiencing and consuming other people's stuff. What I would add to that is with the intention of growing into our own version of that, if that's what we're choosing to do. You know, so this is really for those people that really want to rise and step up into leadership. And again, I really feel like that's available to anyone, you know, like, oh, I just think about myself and how I used to be. It might not seem like I used to be shy or socially nervous, but I can assure you as a young girl, at, you know, and was I social? Yeah, I've always been social, but I had to really grow as a young person forward from being shy and really socially nervous. And so because I have done that from a young age, I feel like I now show up as someone who does, who's never had challenge with that. You know, so I bring that up because any person, you know, a person who gets a new job that requires them to lead people, that can feel so, so scary. You know, that can feel so nerve wracking to take on a new role, but you really want to grow in your life. So it doesn't mean you're an internet influencer, fucking YouTube person. It could be just as simple as I want to grow in my career and my profession and I take on this new role and now I'm going to be in this new evolution of a skill set of how do I talk to people? How do I lean into decisiveness? How do I navigate conflict? Like all of that stuff can show up in that type of, of goal that we take on for ourselves. I think um, one of the, there was a couple of points that uh, out of what you just said there that really popped up for me. Um, one is leadership through example. And um, it's not always a matter of um, per se offering a, a, a advice or a tip or, or showing somebody how to do something or telling somebody, you know, a way to do it or suggesting like even, even if even not directly communicating with somebody, it's just the idea of just doing something with your whole self and really committing yourself to a, a process, um, a practice, um, a goal, you know, whatever it might be. But that, that commitment 
that you see when people lead through example, it comes from the willingness to step up and take the risk upon themselves. And that, that echoes in the mentorship area. It, it mentor, it echoes in the leadership area and it echoes in the self, right? In the way where even if part of us is not confident about what we may be doing when we go forward anyways, when we take the risk, even if we know that we're likely to stumble and fall along the way, then the part of us that's unsure builds confidence based on the part of us that's willing to take the risk. Absolutely. And our audience is equal to that, right? Our audience has the same fears and the same desires, right? And so we're really just mirroring each other in that in that example piece. Um, the other element that we were gonna, t I heard you mention in there was slipping my mind. Yeah, no <laughs> yeah, no, it's um. The way that leadership is represented to us in our lives, it I think it first comes from our parents, right? Like in general, it's the parent-child um, relationship. And as we grow, we learn that we can also emulate our, our parents' roles and we can be the ones demonstrating something, right? And showing something. And so oftentimes, I mean, as a, as our youngest version of self that could come with like dancing around and being the center of attention, you know, as a toddler per se, you know, and you're like, oh, look, I can have everybody's attention on me. They can be paying attention to what I have to show them yeah. even before we can even talk, yeah. you know, and as we move through the different phases of life, you know, we move into childhood and we move into adolescence and becoming juvenile and a young adult, the choices that we make about where we engage or where we choose to take the risk, where we choose to step into a version of ourself that's going to try something that is going to take work. It's going to take effort. It's going to take a willingness to fail. It's going to take commitment. It's going to, it's going to be a risk. Right. It's coming back to the same point. I feel like that the whole point of of that uh, experience of leadership is a willingness to be okay with the outcome because the whole point is taking the journey, making the risk just engaging the process for the purpose of self-development mm -hmm. and self can mean you as an individual or it can mean you as a group. It could mean you as a company. It could mean you as a family. Yeah. It's whatever version of self we just happen to be speaking on at the time. And <clears throat> I think true leadership in both of those senses, whether it's the, um, the development of self through our life or the, um, what was the first point that I was talking on there? <laughs> by example? Yes, by example. 
Um, these are both about bringing others up, right? They are both about making it okay for others to try and fail. Yeah, absolutely. Or try and not succeed. Mm -hmm. However word you want to use to describe not making it on the first try. Yeah. Not making it on the second try. But it's always the the leader is the one who tries first, right? That's that's it. It's like, you know, imagine you're a bunch of six-year-olds and you're standing at a creek, you know, and the creek's a foot deep and you're all like, oh, do we cross the creek or not, you know? And the leader is the first one that goes for it and just yeah. tries. They don't know if they're going to make it. Yeah. They don't know. They're just willing to fail. They're willing to take the risk. They're willing to try and see what the outcome is. And most likely because they're willing to do it, they're probably going to make it. You know, a very high success rate. Oh, gosh. I think that piece is so awesome because when I think about that, I, I also believe that's of service. You know what I mean? Like, I, we're, I know yeah. that's what we're talking about and that's what you mean. I, I mean, it, but that's a piece that helps me, consistently helps me act is that I believe it is not about the outcome or the quote success. It is about the willingness to try. It is about the willingness to act and attempt. That is what I think is inspiring. And so that's why I consistently try to do that and why I consistently and care about being vulnerable to show what really is going on. Like the last thing I ever want as a quote unquote leader is to be perceived as just, oh, it's all so easy. I'm so happy all the time. That's why I really care to write from a vulnerable place. You know, my writing, my videos, I'm leaning a little bit more into that. Certainly in this Trust the Journey, we're leading from that place of vulnerability and caring to have deep and rich and vulnerable conversations but that's real for me like i believe in that hugely as leadership because nobody is perfect we, and like you said before we all have these fears and feelings and so if a person if we witness a person in the world who we maybe look up to or we have elevated in our mind for some reason based on something they've achieved whether it's us in skydiving or our mentors you know who have written books or have successful podcasts or whatever. So when we hear that those people also were challenged by fear and self-doubt and that type of stuff, it's like, oh, they had those feelings and they still took action and they still were able to achieve something. That I think is powerful stuff. And so I, that's why I always try to lead from that kind of place. The <clears throat> the willingness to take action thing is it's got an interesting balance to it, right? Where I think it could easily we could easily miss the point if we were also not willing to take responsibility for our action and to logically, objectively debrief or break down or take apart whatever we've done, whether it's a success or failure, however you want to measure it, and analyze it for its value, yes. you know, and, and say, all right, we're going to make a logical, rational, 
shot at something based on you know a, a decision as an individual or a decision as a group uh, we're going to try something and it may or may not be um, what we consider to be successful right either way this is something I think that we both are very lucky to have gained through our experience as skydivers and it rolls over into every aspect of life and I really wish that it were more relevant in a lot of my outside life so I'm making a point in my day-to-day -to, -day to include it in my outside life which is the debrief process right <clears throat> say okay we make a you know, we make a plan for what we're going to do. We practice it. We work it out the best way we think we can do it. And then we go ahead and we go for it. Yeah. We, we observe our result afterwards and we objectively critique ourselves to see how well we really did. And it's not a matter of fault, right? It's ne it should never be based in, you know, who did something wrong. It's simply the choices that were made and what were the outcomes. And... And this process of, of critique or of debrief, it really is where the power lies in the ability to then make better decisions, right? So we follow that the iterative process, which we've mentioned so many times. And this is truly it, right? It's the, it's the thousand mile march, right? To get us to where we want to be. And we never really make it all in one go and say, all right, I'm going to make one good decision and that's going to make me a great leader and we're going right. to have all the obstacles ahead of us, you know? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I love that you brought that up because that is def that's something on my list. I literally wrote my list and things I wanted to talk about and taking responsibility was on there, right? Because it doesn't mean we always make perfect, awesome choices. Intention, you know, is one thing, but outcome is another. And so do we know how everything's going to go? Of course not. No. And so, yeah, sometimes we make decisions that lead to suboptimal outcomes. Maybe we don't have all the information. Maybe we just screw it up. doesn't really matter what or why. But that is a huge deal, I think, in leadership is, is truly being willing to take responsibility for the choices you have made and be okay with screwing up and owning that stuff as a key and huge part of the teamwork process of growth and truly in the connection process, you know, building trust and building teamwork. A huge part of that is that being willing to take take responsibility for what we choose. Gosh, I'm just sitting here trying to remember <clears throat> which um, interview or podcast I was just listening to. I, I've listened to so much stuff recently. I can't remember exactly which one it was. But it was a, a well-known leader speaking to exactly the point of it's not our successes that make us. It's our, it's our not successes. It's the fails. Yeah. Right? When we look back at our own career and our own um, choices in life, we go, what really defines us? Is it my career successes or is it the points where things did not go as we planned or as we'd hoped. And they're really the ones that catalyze success, right? I success agree. doesn't come without those willingness to, you know, to go for something and to see how it turns out. And the ones where we really bomb, where, where we just completely blow it and it doesn't meet our expectation at all. Those are the ones that truly catalyze our experience and say, okay, 
these are lessons that I'm going to carry away and I'm not going to allow these kind of decision-making processes to occur that are going to lead to this type of an outcome. And they are the ones that build truly great leaders, right? Yes. Yes. Yeah. yeah being willing to learn and grow, I think is such a huge part of leadership because if you're not, I mean, again, that's, that's my belief. You know, I believe in learning and growing as a great thing. You know, some Very people much. might not, you know, I get it. So it, there really is genuinely no judgment. I just believe that learning and growing is awesome. And I that's know, I how just I just judged it. I just judged. Anybody, <laughs> I just judged anybody who's like, you don't want to learn and grow. What the hell's wrong with you? <laughs> what the hell is wrong with you people? Get on the program. Come on. Yeah. But like, you know, I mean, I'm not in everybody's brain and heart. I don't know what everyone thinks and feels and why they would choose not to care about that. But I just know that I do. I care about it. I want to lead from that place. I want to live my life and experience my life from that place. You know, like I get a sense of fulfillment and purpose you know if we really talk about purpose and the why i was just listening to speaking of podcasts and other content that we consume i was listening to jay shetty's podcast on purpose which is such a great new show he's really awesome dude i uh, highly respect his work as well anyway he was talking about the i I'm going to forget the exact quote, but basically how when we derive our actions from the things that we care about, then we obviously we get motivation there. But when we basically design that stuff, it basically that's how we, you know, find purpose. And I don't mean that from the perspective of you got to find your purpose and find your passion. I, I'm uh, against that fluffy sort of overreaching idea because I feel like it, I don't know, it's, I feel like it's hard for people to take on and it excludes if people haven't found their purpose, it makes them feel bad. And I just, I believe much, much more in taking purposeful actions, which is for me and I would assume for other people derived from what they care about, you know? So like if we are choosing to lead ourselves, it's like, where do we find that motivation? We go back to the core values. We go back to what we care about. We go back to what we're interested in. And then believing that when we do that stuff and we align it in service of others, that's that's the point I was missing. I was, I'm like, I'm forgetting some part of what Jay Shetty said, is that it's the leadership of self can be found there when we derive our actions from our values and the purpose can be derived when we use those things in service of other people. So like for me, I feel very purposeful in my work because I believe and I certainly hope I may not be, but my belief is that this effort in the work that I do and the creating that I do, the coaching, the speaking, all of it, is in service of others. And so that's how I derive a sense of true purpose in my life and work. Does that make sense? Absolutely. <clears throat> I've always found um, myself questioning my, my actions and going, what am I doing here? Is this entirely self-serving? Am I just feeding into my own ego? Am I just you know, being a selfish person? 
are the choices that I'm making in my life just valuing me or is there in some way a value that I'm creating for others? And I think that that's an underlying um, tenets that like uh, it's a core value, right? That we need to be thinking about the way that we represent ourselves and how that how that affects other people around us. And in doing so, we only get better at being a better version of ourself, right? And we're, we may, it's an interesting little loop there, a paradigm of like, okay, well, if I worry about, you know, my actions and how they affect others, how they look to others, the way that they influence others, then I'm also taking heed towards what am I doing for myself? Is this truly for me? And if I'm doing it, right, this is, it's a weird little loop because you're like, okay, if I concern myself with the way that this impacts others, I end up making choices that are more moral, that are more just, that are more exemplary towards being a better human because they need to be in the service of others. And in doing that, I end up being in service of myself mm-hmm. in a pow- in a positive way, right? Where I'm not just you know, greed is an example, you know, I'm not being greedy, I'm not being selfish, I'm actually being self-loving. And I'm actually being nurturing to my better self by making choices that lead by example. Yeah, it's energetically higher when we, when it's a win-win. You know what I mean? So it is, it is an energetic positive to be only giving to others where we're just being generous and giving but there's no sort of reciprocal for us. That's And that's part of that energy leadership thing that I talked about, just identifying that there is a, a very compassionate, generous level of energy, and it's more of an output. So what happens when people only are giving, 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 but they don't actually have some sense for how it's refueling themselves or understanding where there needs to be an endpoint of that type of output? Because again, it's really good, but nurturers, uh, just mothers tend to fall into this, but lots of uh, people, men and women, fall into this category where they will give, 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 and then they'll reach a point where they run out of energy and they fall off the energetic cliff down to overwhelm and resentment like why aren't anybody why isn't anyone helping me like you know so it starts at this really energetically positive generous place but when we over over extend we can run the risk of falling off the cliff energetically and being down into that sort of victimized like woe is me i have to do everything those types of thoughts so if if you're listening and you're hearing yourself in this type of of idea a way to level up that that generosity to the energetic level is exactly what Jay is talking about, is this idea that we find the also, it could be a mindset of like, I'm being of service and that is something I care about and therefore I'm in alignment with my values. And just that idea alone can make it feel like a win for us. You know what I mean? It's so subtle, but that stuff can make a real energetic difference and give a leader a sustainability with their energy as opposed to just give, 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 and then they drop off the cliff and they can't lead anyway. Does that make sense? Yeah. You know, I think what you're hinting towards is um, one of the topics that's brought up by Jim Collins in 
in his Good to Great books, which is a, a lot about leadership, and it's a, a genius with a thousand helpers mm-hmm. concept where it true leadership is in creating teams, in creating groups of people um, that don't require the leader to actually be present inside of that. You can remove that figurehead and the teams are just as strong as they would be without that, you know, with or without that figurehead of leadership in place. And so the difference is, um, you know, somebody that's, you know, or, or a version of ourselves that's over controlling or that has to do everything or that doesn't put trust in others or allow others to make mistakes, you know, hand responsibility to others and, and create teams and all these things. And then you, you carry all the, the workload. You know, and that that's not a successful leadership um, structure, right? It's more of I'll do it. I'll, I'll, I'll do it because you can't yeah. type of scenario, right? And yeah. it's not truly empowering others to step into their version of leadership, you know, which includes dropping the ball. It includes not delivering the best version. You know, um, it includes massive successes. Yeah. Right. Um, but the, the genius and the thousand helpers models, you know, it says you pull out that genius and you have a thousand helpers standing around and what do you have? Not much. Yeah. Right. It's a very different than if you have a teams of people that are practiced at working together. So I've been doing that a lot in life. That's been a big one for me. It's been make teams, yeah. teams, 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 you know, and, it's ironic because I've been on a lot of teams in my life. Um, some were for a very long time. You know, I've spent, um, officially I was on PD factory team for 12 years, but the same group, we're still together as a team building flight one. So we're, um, more like, uh, 18 years now. That's a very long time to be in, in a, you know, in a pro team. And I've been in a number of other skydiving teams and sports teams uh, before that. And I've often hated it. (laughs) Hated it. Oh, my God. I hated it. Like, being part of a team was like, oh, it's so frustrating. I don't like going slower for the people who can't keep up. Or I don't like failing in front of others. Right. You know, like, whichever side of the coin you happen to be on that day. Right? You're like... Or, or just being somewhere in the middle and just, you know, whatever the range is. But it's it's harder to be on a team than it is to be alone because you have to be more patient. You have to be willing to give others the time to express their opinions, to need to hear it differently, to, to need to be their space to try something. And so, yeah, it requires you to be a different type of a person than you would be if you were just on your own. And guess what? Welcome to life. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Like you need to we need to be this this way, period. You know, we have to understand that we don't live in this world alone. Right. And going out and doing something as an individual and not including others, not lifting others up, not setting not setting an example for how others can also do it. This isn't leadership. Yeah. Right. This is Mm self-service, you know, and it's a very different place. Um, 
the interview that we did just recently about um, the Appalachian Trail really reminded me of the power of team, mm -hmm. as well as um, looking back, I just yesterday, a day before, I happened to flip open a photo album and I was flipping through and scanned a whole bunch of photos um, so that I would have them on my computer and old teams that I was parts of, you know, and I realized how much learning happens, which would not happen. You know, I would not gain the life experience. We wouldn't gain that mutual experience yeah. without having spent the time in that working group. And whether it's a, you know, a, a working group inside of a, an office space or whether it's inside of a, you know, a particular career field or a sport or yeah. family or whatever it might be, those groups of people working together, that's, that's leadership, right? To me, more than anything, is this bringing people together to work on a, try to achieve a goal mun, uh, mutually or communally. Yeah, definitely. It makes me think of the Jim Rohn quote of, you are the average of the five people you spend the most time with or the daily zen quote that's uh you will be like those with whom you surround yourself your environment is stronger than you are mm. i love those quotes because it invites us to consider who we are spending our time with and how they are influencing us and similarly how we are showing up as someone who is influencing others. So both directions, who are we around and how are they influencing us and who are we being and how are we influencing others? You know, so like we're talking a lot about the positive side of leadership for sure. And that's awesome because it's stuff that we can rise and step into. And in the taking responsibility side of the house, it's where are we maybe showing up not as powerfully or maybe are, where are we showing up negatively where are we bringing people down and where are we choosing to spend time with someone who might not be you know a positive influence in our lives what toxic relationships might be worth stepping back from because of that recognition of influence and environment absolutely the the negative role model, you know, what is it? It's definitely not leadership, right? I don't think that word applies when when it's in the negative. I feel like the word is in itself focused around the positive version, right? And that um, a role model that is in a negative space isn't a leader, right? They're not truly pushing on the surface tension to try and break through, you know, to, to change the way things are for something that includes accomplishment or development or growth or, or attempts, even attempts, you know? Yeah, it's, I think that's the thing about determining and distinguishing what the definition of that is. You know, I tend to think of leadership as the positive side of the house too, when I bring up the negative influence uh, or environmental or interpersonal influences that take place that maybe are not positive, whatever word we use, it's more a recognition of that influence. So like mm -hmm. theoretically, 
we are quote unquote leading no matter what we are doing. I could be sitting on the couch playing, you know, whatever video game on my phone and I could be leading myself. I could be teaching myself that I'm sitting around doing that. And it's not a problem. Like I have no judgment around that. But my point is, is like that's a thing. Those actions that I'm taking are telling me something. Those actions that I'm taking are telling the people that I live with something. You know what I mean? Ver mm -hmm. So it's, I don't, I don't want to be that kind of leader. But my reason in bringing that up is that literally everything that we choose is in in some form a version of leadership it might be leading us down a path that we don't like or one that we wouldn't be or feel proud of and on the other side of the house it might be the one that is more in that courage space and where we feel very proud and glad to have challenged ourselves to rise so it's more just like doesn't need to be called leadership per se. It's more about how are we influencing ourselves and others through the actions that we're taking and why. So, so basically what you're telling me is that you're leading whether you like it or not. Yeah, that's what I'm telling you. Oh, damn. <laughs> that's, that's what I think. That's I think you're I right, think. you know, I really do. And and if we if we go back to where we started this conversation off earlier about... Um, you know, leading ourselves, that idea of lead, bringing ourselves to the version of ourself that we would like to be. We do the same with the version of ourself we wouldn't like to be or the version of ourself that we currently are that's unchanging and we're not doing anything about, you know. And that's where I said I judge people for not being interested in growth and change because I, I am a believer in the um, concept of inaction or neutrality is actually negative. Gotcha. That there is no, there is no energetic medium. Mm -hmm. There's no middle, right? You're either positive, it's, it's electrical, right? You're either positively charged or you're negatively charged, right? You're either pulling or you're pushing. It's one or the other. It's, it's Einstein's law of every action has equal and opposite reaction. So you're either going one way, one way or you're going the other, right? You're either being pulled or you're pulling. And so this, we've all been there. Oh man, I've been there so hard. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> so hard. You know, I can think of so many days when I was the worst leader of myself ever. Oh yeah. You know, like sure. just, just, might as well have been a sea cucumber yeah. on the couch, you know? Yeah. With nothing. You know? <laughs> sea cucumber. <laughs> <laughs> That's so amazing. <laughs> right. Um, but it's true, right? Like it's like we don't really have the choice. You're 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 the leader. You are the leader. You're the one in charge. You are the one in charge of your life. I'm speaking to myself here. Jay, you're the one in charge. Oh, damn, I don't want to be in charge today. I just want to be on the couch and play video games. Too bad. You're in charge. Yeah. Well, I choose playing video games. All right. Well, then you choose being that. Good for you. Yeah. And that's mm -hmm. the thing. Distinguishing between judgment of others as right and wrong versus making judgments for ourselves in our lives, there is a distinction there. And I bring that up because... I really have no judgment around what people choose for their lives. If someone is in a, ne a neutral space or isn't into growth and, and evolution, I'm just likely not going to be interested in that person. You know what I mean? And I don't mean Agreed. that as a, as a mean judgment, like you're wrong for that. So fuck you. It's not that. It's like, 
oh, cool, that's just not my jam. And so we're likely not going to have some some electric, you know, connection going there. So that's what I tend to look for in my relationships. So that's why I say that. So that's just me making a judgment for what is right for me. That's all. And to each their own is sort of where I stand on other people making choices for themselves. I totally echo what you're saying. And I think I want to bring it back around to the choices for ourselves, you know, and I judge myself highly when I feel like I'm a slug when I when I don't when I do things that are negatively valued in my own life or or, are I know that here's the thing, right? What do we say earlier is make a logical choice and try something, take a risk and see how it goes, right? With an intention, There's a, you have some kind of a goal, you have something you're trying to achieve, something you wanna have in your life, something that you're trying to lead towards, right? Whether it's a lifestyle, uh, an actual goal, it doesn't matter. Um, and the difference is, you know, logically thinking about something and going, I think this is the best option, I'm gonna give it a try and see how it turns out, or, choosing something that you know isn't going to be successful you know the opposite of it is knowing i'm like all right i know if i just hang around and and get drunk and get high that i'm not going to do anything of any value and that's going to be a negative choice for me in my life and what am i going to get as a result a hangover is there going to be any positive outcome no negative outcomes. And I know that before I start. Right. Right. And if I know that before I start, that I'm truly not being that leader in myself and I'm not taking a risk that involves the potential of both success and or failure. It has one potential and that is a, a, a negative outcome. Yeah, totally. I shared this in the talk. I just gave a talk, a keynote this past weekend in Phoenix for a uh, group of women and daughters and it was really cool it was uh, the national charity league i was super honored to be there and grateful to be there and be able to stand in front of a room with young girls and powerful women doing good service in the world one of the things two of the things that i shared and this i won't tell you the whole story because it'll just take too long but two of the points that i shared was one was some things will feel harder than we want them to feel, right? Like it might not be or feel easy to make the different choice and lead ourselves in a new direction because we're used to doing things the other way or it's scary or whatever feeling might be coming up that's challenging us. So that recognition of that, just awareness of that is that some things growth some things that we do and choose to do will feel harder than we want it to feel cool and then secondly we can do hard things we can we can choose our actions no matter how we feel and that is that is something that took me a long time to really get because i can easily go to a very scared anxious place in my heart and want to just really go oh i'm going to self care i'm going to self care and get in the loophole of that now trust me 
I stand for self-care. So I'm a believer in be brave, rest, repeat, right? I used to be in the like, be brave, be brave, be brave. And then I would exhaust myself. I didn't have that balance, that polarity of, of supporting myself. So through my experience, I've had to learn that. So for me, it's been a shuttling back and forth between that doing hard things, acting differently in the face of my feelings and fears, and also recognizing where and when I need self-care and balance to that effort. Does that make sense? Absolutely. Absolutely. And you're so on point, you know, we can do hard things. We can. We can do incredibly hard things. Yes, we can. It's so amazing. It's exciting to me. Yeah, it's amazing what we can do. And it's not that, you know, I think one of these things, so here's, you know, the segue back to leadership as a whole is how many times have you looked at somebody doing something amazing and going, oh my God, that's amazing. I would love to be able to do that. Yes. You can do it, right? It's a, we can do it. We can do that because it's really just a mindset that we're going to do this. I'm going to do this. She's going to do this. He's going to do this, you know, whatever the version is. And it's really just a choice, you know, to, mm-hmm. to come back around and say, yeah, I'm going to do this because it might, it's going to be hard. Hard's different than can or can't, totally. right? As soon as you say can't, you can't, it's done. It's mm-hmm. over, you know? One last thing I'll share on that, because I think it was so awesome, is that I was listening to Lewis Howe's podcast, who I love, Mark Manson, who is the author of uh, The Subtle Art of Giving a Fuck, of Not Giving a Fuck. (laughs) The Subtle Art of Not Giving a Fuck. He's super awesome. He has an amazing blog. He writes really great stuff. I, I relate to him a lot because he says, my, my writing is a version of public therapy. (laughs) A lot of my writing I feel like is similar to that because I get most vulnerable in that area of creation. But anyway, as I mentioned earlier in the show, but why I bring him up in this particular episode is because he and Lewis were just talking about some big project that he took on. He was writing his own book. He was helping Will Smith write his book. He was running his blog, which has 2 million readers. And he was, you know, doing an audible project or something as well. So anyway, that's a lot of shit going on. And that's theoretically something really hard to do. And he was talking about how he had this conversation with Will Smith and how he's like, dude, how do you do, how do you do it? And his answer was, you overcommit and then you just do it. Like, now I wouldn't always recommend this because then you have this overwhelmed life, you know? So I recommend personally balance to this, but there's something really badass in the idea of committing to something that you're not sure you're gonna be able to do. Oh yeah. I fucking dig it. I'm gonna go with one of the, it's actually on your inspiration. I uh, watched Brene Brown's recent Netflix show and um, our special, and I thought it was great. She's wonderful. You know, I love her hilarity. I can totally see why she resonates so much with you in the comedy sense. And um, I love the intention of um, be courageous, be vulnerable, and you will be accepted every time, right? It, it, th- that um that conceptual idea of just being real being raw put it all forward and going for it all the time it's so easy to relate to people 
when they're when we act in this way when we just go I'm just going to be the full version of me and I'm just going to go for it. I'm going to be honest about it. I'm going to be real and it includes success. It includes failure. It includes average mediocre stuff and it includes me being terrified and it includes me being, you know, terrorizing, yeah. you know, yeah. <laughs> and it goes in every way and, oh, and it's awesome. I love it. Well, I feel like that's a perfect segue to what we're experimenting with. Oh gosh. I didn't even really think about this. I'm like, I'll have to think. I, I feel like I'm going to just share that I'm, purging I'm like my physical stuff I'm not doing Marie Kondo type purging but I'm in an intentional zone of again releasing stuff and intentionally looking at my things and being heartless with my things I've done that in the past and it has totally served me to lighten the energetic load of my life by lifting uh some of that energetic just just the stuff off my life so this is not new but i'm in a new zone of it so i'll keep you posted and let you know how i feel but i'm excited about that i've done so much of that in the last year you have no idea like literally picking up every single thing that i own and evaluating is this something i've used in the last year do i have plans to use it in the next year no or no it's gone i don't so need awesome. it it can go away hardcore and it's <laughs> great it feels awesome to have that lightning you know the the, the static energy it's, it's trapped you know it's like kind of dead circuits in a circuit board that aren't doing anything yep. they're, they're they're draining our energy but they aren't really doing anything for us um i'm going to share something that has is being continually reinforced to me through multiple means it's coming at me through my studies of math and science it's coming at me through my deeply spiritual studies it's coming at me through my endeavors into learning about leadership and it's coming at me through my engagement in the process of my own um creation of self and my engagement with others through my work ventures, my personal ventures. One of the most powerful things that we can do for ourselves is create structure. And so I'm working very hard to be diligent to structure in all areas of life and finding the balance of structure in many ways that I haven't done so before. So everything from being conscious about what I'm eating, when I'm eating, how much I'm eating, all this kind of thing, like structured diet to structured exercise, to structured time allocation for how much am I working, how much am I playing, how much time am I spending inside, how much time am I spending outside, how much time is social with friends, how many times do I eat at home a week, how many times do I eat out a week. Um, Just the more And so, like I said, this is coming at me in so many ways and continually being reinforced with vigor that the more structure that we create for ourselves, the more freedom we have. And now this seems completely contradictory to hear that statement, but it is entirely true in the sense that the more structure I am about what I choose to eat or not eat, the healthier I find myself being. The more structure I am about when I exercise and how much I exercise, the stronger and the better I feel. 
the more structured I am about how much I go out to eat in a week or not is the more money I have or don't. The more I structure social time and interaction with others, the more I feel contented as a person and able to share my thoughts and my ability to both spend time alone and be introverted and productive, but to also be um, freely integrating with others and feeling inspired to share time with others. So the list goes on and on and on. Yeah. The more that we intentionalize and the more that I make structure for myself, the more I find myself being, feeling space. I feel space in myself. Like, oh, I don't have to worry about this. I don't have to let this be a stress. This isn't something I feel bad about because I'm structuring it. Awesome. Right? And if, or that's just something I feel good about because I'm putting structure towards it. I believe that choice is freedom too. You're, you're free to choose structure also. So it is infused with freedom, you know? So I love that. That is so great. I'm psyched to hear more about that as it goes forward for you. I look forward to sharing. Yeah, very cool. Well, right on family. Thank you guys so much as always for being a part of our Trust the Journey family. We are so happy and grateful that you're here. So if you really, if you get value from the shows, you know, please pay it forward, you know, share it online or with anyone you think it might help. You know, we receive so much valuable feedback from our listeners, from our friends, our family, our community, our social groups. It's such an honor to be part of this bigger family and to be uh, involved in providing the service for each other because it really is a circle. You know, it's not just Mel and I sitting here, you know, putting out. We're not just sending energy outward. It is coming back on a daily basis. We're receiving messages, emails, comments, feedback about how much value people actually are getting from the work that we do here. And so I would like to say thank you for all those um, comments and feedback because they really inspire us as a team to continue our energy into this project because it is not a moneymaker. We don't, we don't survive off this <laughs> at all, you know, but some of you do contribute and it really does help support us um, financially. You all contribute. Some of you contribute financially. Some of you contribute through your comments and your feedback and your thank yous. Um, if you want to be one of the financial contributors, Patreon is the place. On our website at the bottom, there's a big orange button. Donate here. Donate on Patreon. Become a member of Patreon. And you can donate any amount you want. Um, and that will also support us to help do this more and more because it is a big investment of our time to continue doing this. But it also includes you in a group, which we're so proud of. And I'm going to ramble a little bit on this because I'm so proud to see our community in our Trust the Journey family, our Facebook group, stepping into leadership in themselves. We had so hoped that it wouldn't take long for this group to start fostering its own energy. And now we can see inside of the shares this space of positivity that we don't have to be the leader to say, you know, the first response or an answer to how to potentially navigate a challenge, you know? And so um, the leadership is exemplifying itself inside of that group, the Trusted Journey family. If you want to be a member, you can join on Patreon and we'll include you in that group. Oh yeah, I echo every bit of that gratitude and every bit of that acknowledgement. And, and 
for real guys however you are inspired to be with us whether you just listen or you share or whatever all of it is awesome and we really thank you for being with us in all the ways that you are we love you and remember keep laughing keep loving and keep trusting the journey Cool.